1: Uh, We can't say too much about the exact process we used to find this, as Virgin Media was part of a much larger collection of breaches that we're currently processing.
0: Our guests are George Punter and Peter Hansen from Turgensec on their research that led to the discovery of the Virgin Media breach.
1: One of which was the uh, recent legal breach. 193 law firms, I'm not sure whether you guys... Hmm. uh, heard of that one but that's been in the news a bit recently
0: that's Peter Hansen
1: more or less just uh, scanning open servers in a particular way I would say <laughs>
0: <laughs> and when when you get a hit when when uh, you discover something that that you think uh, may require a little more of your attention what's that process like what happens next
1: yeah so we have uh, we have a set of a set of policies and processes so the first step uh, in accordance with the flowchart that we have is that we document IP colon port colon date in a table. And then from this table, once it's been populated a certain amount, we'll have someone go through it and uh, assess the priority. Because obviously not all breaches are equal and we want to get to the ones that are the most, the most serious first. The okay. first step on that is uh, examining the immediately visible data, deciding whether it's uh, government data or not. Because obviously if it's government data, it's not something that we can touch we just need to report that to the NCSC at that point and then from there basically we've got this whole huge process pretty much of uh, a logic flow for understanding how to how to deal with it because obviously it's it's, it's a different process depending on the specific circumstances with each one because obviously you have you have government data but you also have corporate data versus individual data so these these different types need to be processed in different ways
0: yeah, and uh, I'll just uh, for our listeners. Uh, I'm looking at a uh, quite an elaborate uh, flowchart here of responsible disclosure. Uh, I mean, what are the overall principles here that you're following when it comes to responsible disclosure?
1: So we have uh, another document for just that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course, you do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we've been very careful to do this in a way that we don't get uh, sued. So the the overall the overall. The overall um, points on the policy, we have a list of primary objectives here. So first one, lawful, timely discovery of data sets uh, containing personal information being one of the first um, points. Then the protection of rights of individuals being the second. Timely and consistent communications with the organisations found to be suffering from the data breach. Then the application of fair and ethical standards, the balance of the rights of individuals and organisations. So whether we prioritise protecting individuals where individual data is breached or prioritise protecting organisations. Because obviously there's a bit of an interesting question here whether where, whether when you're causing damage to organisations, you're actually causing more damage to individuals. So say, for example, with the Virgin Media breach, uh, Liberty Global shares took a pretty huge uh, hit after the disclosure, as well as the... Uh, I'd imagine what will come through eventually in the ICO fine as well. So it's a question of how much... How, how do you balance... The likelihood of damage to the individuals against the damage that will be done to the companies, because obviously we don't want the companies to suffer in a way that forces them to lay people off. Uh, then the next one would be encouraging organisations to be transparent and the adherence of, to the letter and spirit of the legislation protecting personal data and the rights of individuals are the main the main points that we
2: that we operate on. Yeah. So there there was one you missed there, Peter, which is adherence to the letter and spirit of legislation.
0: That's George Punter.
2: Um, And when we say that, we mean GDPR legislation, which has quite a strong spirit with the GDPR legislation, which a lot of people might not know, is that it is quite, um, it's not laid in stone and it's built upon um, acting within the spirit and the principles of GDPR. Um, and so we seek to address that as well.
0: Now, when you come upon something like you did with Virgin Media, where um, I, I suppose it, fairly quickly you knew that you had something significant, what is the process that you go through there in terms of reaching out to Virgin Media themselves? And if you could give us a little bit of play-by-play as to how it worked in this case. Okay, so we, we contacted their DPO. Peter Hansen.
1: And uh, it wasn't actually me or George that was that was the the person handling this exact uh, set of communications. Uh, I believe their chief cybersecurity security officer got back to us. Overall, Virgin Media were pretty responsive um, in the first instance.
2: Uh, they they did a pretty good job overall. So yeah, I, I believe the response and the database being closed was within ten minutes, which was very impressive. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was very very good. It got referred up to Liberty Global after that
1: and uh, I think I think everything was everything was they did everything right more or less up to the point of perhaps the uh, statement I think the biggest uh, thing that really skewed things I think was the FT approaching a senior member of uh, Virgin Media and asking him so like basically like jumping on him and saying have you had a data breach and then publishing based off that because they were forced to act quite quickly
2: yeah Uh, if I could just say something um
0: George Punter,
2: which is that it's typical with these companies that they would seek to underplay the extent of breaches. And this happened a little bit with the rushed Virgin Media response, but they quickly corrected that. And overall, we're quite happy with the way Virgin Media played out. They cooperated with us. Um, aside from the little hiccup at the beginning, which is kind of, it's I wouldn't say it's typical with our, of our experience. We've been threatened before. We've been told that we're spammers. Um, and most recently, with the legal breach, you of course have um, advanced software who are it seems refusing to come clean um, and in the end, it only makes it look worse for them um, we think to be honest with you. if you're not um, transparent and upfront from the beginning, it just begins to look worse and worse as the story develops
0: hmm. Now there, there was a point um, where you all took issue with uh, some of the ways that uh, Virgin Media was describing the breach itself in terms of the the types of information that was released and the severity of that. Uh, you all had a, a post on on your own website where uh, you all thought the severity was uh, perhaps more significant than what Virgin Media was making it out to be.
1: Yeah. So um, mm. the the yeah the overall point there i guess was that they didn't have as much time to go through it necessarily as as potentially even we did when we were triaging so when the when the ft jumped on the executive figure at, at virgin media and said basically has this happened they had to roll out a statement super super fast in response to what the ft were writing and they did they did get a forensics organization involved to help them but I don't think that was even fast enough still, because obviously the 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 timescale they were working with was super, super tight at that point. The overall vibe with any of these disclosures is that companies don't want to overstate, so they play it on the safe side. The key point, I guess, from us was the customers being linked to porn, I guess. Hmm.
0: And this has to do with uh, customers being able to make requests for certain types of content that they either want blocked or unblocked. Yes. Gotcha. Now, can you take us through, describe for us actually what the issue was here in terms of the this data being exposed to the internet? What had Virgin Media failed to do here?
2: Yeah, I think I think what I would say is usually with these things, it's never... A technical thing that's gone wrong. It's usually a process error. So, whilst it's very easy for someone to make a configuration error or something like that, um, and the, the the issue is process mainly, and uh, especially supply chain security as well.
0: Now, in in um, in your responsible disclosure program here, do you give the organizations a certain amount of time before you go public with them?
2: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we We, have a whole timeline document for this. Yeah, and we strongly encourage organizations to work together with us uh, on a statement. So this is what happened with Virgin Media. We were actually in the process of uh, working on a statement with them together, but then it was leaked to the Financial Times um, before we could finish that process, and we were a little bit ambushed. But aside from that, we were cooperating with them on making a statement together. And that's what we aim to do with with all of these breaches. Um, with Advanced, they explicitly stated that they did not uh, want to work with us and we have not seen that turn out very well.
0: Yeah, and, and so I, I would say, I mean, in general, from, from a broader point of view, um, uh, what are your recommendations for organizations to better protect themselves against this sort of thing?
1: Uh, I would say have a systemized process for assessing the cybersecurity capabilities of their suppliers, also to understand that due diligence is not something that can be done as a one-off, so organizations change, and uh, let's say you're taking on a new supplier, you can do due, due diligence on them before before they are holding your data, but you also need to do it afterwards as well, especially given that in many cases they'll actually be expanding their systems to account for adding you in, if you get what I mean?
0: Have you seen any shift since GDPR came into effect? Have have, have organizations gotten better with this? Is, is there, Are they giving it better attention?
1: I think probably overall. Um, I haven't got any stats uh, to back this up. I would suggest that the more the ICO can do its job, the more the National Cybersecurity centers can do their job, the more painful it will be for corporations to mistreat data, and the more they will the more they will handle it properly. I mean, ultimately, the only thing thing that uh, any of these big businesses care about is money. So obviously, if it's in their financial interest to look after data, then
2: they will do it. Also, along with that, we're hoping that through our responsible disclosures, through breaches.uk, that by raising publicity over these breaches and the extent of these breaches and notifying the people who are involved in these breaches and letting the people who have been involved in the breaches know if and how much uh, compensation they might be due because there is uh, actually precedent for receiving compensation if you're involved in a data breach which most people aren't aware of. Uh, We hope by doing those uh, things we can provide some level of accountability um, on to the organizations and also a financial incentive to handle people's data more carefully because if it comes out in the in the press, people find out about it, or if they get um, class actions against them, um, they're going to start paying attention.
0: What sort of advice do you have for the organizations who find themselves in the middle of something like this? If, if they find themselves in the midst of some sort of data breach like this, what, what's the best way for them to handle it, to have the, the least amount of, of uh, reputational damage as they go?
1: I would say the best thing you can possibly do is to work Work closely with the people who are disclosing to you because they're ultimately they're not out to they're not out to do you harm. If they were, they wouldn't be talking to you. I'd yeah. say the best thing the best you thing the would already be do out there. Is talk talk to the people making the disclosure, understand what what it is that their process is, and just work with them work with them to the end of the earth, I guess, because uh, ultimately that that's the that's the almost like an independent assurance on anything that they produce. Uh,
2: another thing I would say is from from the outset. Um, react quickly, take it seriously, be open and transparent about the full extent of the breach, and um, also be open and transparent about all of the internal investigations and practices that you're putting in place um, after the breach has happened. I think in some cases, uh, good um, crisis management can often, um, after a breach, uh, improve consumer confidence, um, because a lot of people realise that data breaches are inevitable, and the it's really the response of the company to a data breach which can like separates the wheat from the chaff in a way. Um, if you uh, respond quickly, let all the right people know, be completely open about what you're doing, how you're going to prevent it from happening again, um, then I think you can really win. Um, or at least not lose the trust of your customers after a data breach? Yeah,
1: one thing I would say is, like, as an example, like we, we rang up, um, or I personally rang up somebody um, uh, recently, uh, just the other day actually, to disclose one of these huge uh, breaches, something that's actually, uh, in terms of the number of people, impacted significantly larger than Virgin Media. And mm. uh, I asked this guy who was uh, responsible whether... Whether he'd be prepared to give me an email address so we could like format all the stuff and send it through to him to help him understand what what had happened, and uh, he told me that he didn't have an email address, which was just just great, really.
0: <laughs> How could that be?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, you should you should <laughs> send him an email, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> we, we found his email addresses anyway. Don't worry.
0: Yeah, I mean it's I I mean I, I suppose I can understand um, the impulse to sort of hunker down and and try to uh, protect yourself when you're trying to figure out what's going on. But at the same time, you don't want to be adversarial with uh, the folks who are coming to you, presumably uh, with helpful information.
2: Yeah. I mean, in the case of a data breach, if someone's coming to tell you it's happened, then they're definitely on your side because there's a lot of places they could go um, which doesn't involve incurring risk to themselves. Um, It's like shooting the messenger in a way.
0: Our thanks to George Punter and Peter Hansen from Turgensec for joining us. We'll have a link to their research in the show notes. The CyberWire research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond,